Welcome back everyone to season two of the Sit Down Community Podcast. I am your host, Stephanie Shaw, and I am so glad to have you back for another season of incredible and inspiring conversations that just draw into the goodness of the gospel and the work that the Lord um, is doing in our lives on a daily basis. So as we go into this second season, I wanted to just be able to share some of the things that have been on my heart lately as I've navigated the season I'm currently in and just being in the midst of such beautiful things that the Lord is doing in my life um, and hoping that um, people are just able to utilize my episode, the ones to follow um, and really feel that you are not alone. I think that's a significant um kind of emphasis I'm, I'm feeling from Holy Spirit of there is unity in the body and we talk about it for a great purpose um, and to just be united with one another that we don't have to question and doubt and worry about trusting those in our community. The Lord will provide just who we need um, in our seasons and whether that be long-term or short. Um, I just hope that these conversations are ones that really edify the body as a whole, but also just speak to your heart as the listener. Uh, We don't take your ears for granted. We are so grateful that you're spending the time just to listen and and to participate. So with that, I wanted to get into the topic for this episode. It is all about the grief process and how to navigate it understanding that the Lord is so good, that he is the one who binds up the brokenhearted and he heals our wounds. And part of that is grief and how messy it is and continuous. And it's also lonely and isolating at times when we feel that our grief does not match our community's participation. um, When we feel like they've carried on with time and we're kind of stuck. So I wanted to actually share something that I wrote recently um, and then we'll dive into the word and a quick testimony, but this, this season's going to be a little bit shorter. So about 30 minute videos, and we just hope that that 30 minutes is, um, gospel centric and just inspired by the truth of the scripture. Um, and that it's just encouraging and edifying and empowering. Um, so let's get into it before I just keep rambling like usual. Um, so I do a little bit of spoken word in my writing every so often. And so this is something I wrote about grief um, back in November. Anticipatory grief seems almost entirely more unfair than that which is expected at any moment. It's not excruciating, rather a dull ache in your spirit and heart in which you know at an unexpected moment that death will knock and take a person once familiar into eternity, where until you're reunited, will become nothing more than memories we desperately grasp for, to numb the pain and the absence that cannot be filled. Grief, death, loss, all characteristics of a thief. This round of grief emphasized long-suffering. As Mimi's theme, I wonder if she asked God to take her home. Does that reunion at heaven's gate bring reprieve? Does it have her attention? Nani was so ready, she begged God for her, her assent, to know someone has been actively dying for over eight years versus six weeks on hospice creates a heightened awareness to the diversity in death's experience. Grief doesn't wait for consent. It comes in ready to birth affliction and death, while death doesn't stop time, not like we secretly desire death, requires us to keep going even when we feel like time should pause or cease to move altogether. 
But time, much like death, is a thief and an enemy to the comfort of our affliction. And our affliction begs to be reconciled to it. Everyone carries on after condolences, all while paralysis grips every part of your functioning. I fear the repetition of past grief, a season marked by numbing, self-sabotage, and self-medicating with alcohol. I hoped would somehow bring back a person I wasn't even close to anymore, merely connected by generational blood ties and holiday gatherings back to life. All, I must note, to keep my comfort secured. I recognize now the self-prescribed medication of comfort merely curates a beautifully unrealistic portrait of humanity. That somehow we can control death by begging God not to make us endure it. All the while watering down and denying the undeniable excitement that marks the death of a Christian, the fulfillment of the saints, the meeting of our heavenly father, our Christ, and the beloved Holy Spirit, the moment we get welcomed into eternity by the one in whom we were gifted the glory and access to forever, which instead of forever separated from, we get to be connected to. It reminds you to wish less for Lazarus encounters when you desire for your loved ones to unify with the creator instead of to rise back to life where joy sufficiency never ends mourning replaces replaced by dancing and fellowship with the heaven and all its inhabitants much must make the earth tremble grief when we ask the father to sustain in that season of lamenting i must have unshakable faith in it reaps the tears sown in the night season, for I believe the Father tends to our harvest by watering it with the very tears we thought could never hold the capacity to be repurposed. But that, I suppose, is the surprise, that tears are gifts. When we ask the Father to pour forth his living word over our grief, I believe with assurance we battle Satan's pull with unwavering fortitude. For Satan would love for us to fall apart, stay stuck, self-medicate and sin with unrepentant repetition. He would love for us to shrivel into a fraction of the saint we once were. But we thank our savior Jesus for his beautiful bloody body that spoke a better word way in covenant through the shedding of his blood on a cross so that death would have no victory nor would sin. What a frame and lens to look at mourning with, a reverence to numbers 2319, our God is unlike humanity. He acts on his word and fulfills all promise, including his promise to bind up the brokenhearted. His resolve to love and heal that which he has set apart for himself is unfathomable, and I seek not to understand it. So, a little minor changes in that, but um, that's just, just a lot of the I guess, heaviness of grief I've been sitting and wrestling with is this idea that the loss of a person or a job or part of our identity or whatever you are grieving in this season, there's this sinking moment where we just have to wrestle with it of, I have no power within me and my human capacity to heal or bind up, but God does. And to know that we have a faithful and sufficient God who is so good to meet us in our pain and our loss and our affliction and meet us with a comfort, most of which is completely unexpected how he meets and, and heals that 
at least from my own experience, but to know that I have God, it completely takes the weight of my grief process away from me so that the heaviness of it does not control me or break me or um, get me out of alignment with the call God has on my life. And it's really interesting that I was even able to write those words because I had quite the writer's block for for probably the last year or so. And it was very defeating. Um, when I moved back to California in March, I it was so easy for me to just start a conversation with God and pray with my voice, but to write out my prayers, to write out the deep things I was experiencing, it was really hard. I mean, I couldn't even write a sentence out, let alone, you know, three pages in a journal on grief. And just through the healing that God has been so gracious to lavish on me in this season, um, the last 10 months, um, it's so just edifying to his character that he is a God who gives good gifts and that they're all from him and all from heaven and eternity. And that now I'm in a season where I'm filling pages and pages with just this outpouring of my heart and my spirit and how much of it all goes back to him and the fact that he allows my hand to pick up the pen to write and the things of my heart as I seek after God in my grief, in my hardships, in my relationships, in my community, in all the things as I'm seeking after him, the words on my pages are speaking more to eternity than to me. It's less about the Stephanie Shaw show and more about um, just the creator and God being so good to walk through every season, even the ones we don't ask for, even the ones that are packaged very differently than we expected them to be. The Lord gives answers to the prayers we give to him. And I think um, there's just so many things about God that surprise me, including writing. And I think part of it, which was that ending sentence, a sentence of, I dare not understand grief and, and that process that we go through, is I think of the scripture that talks about the things of God, to try and know them is too much for us. It's too good for us, too, too magnificent. And that's because we're not meant to have an answer to everything. Like we can rest in the knowledge and the truth that our God has the answers and they're good and they're fruitful. And, you know, the Psalms, which I'll share some in a second, talk about how the Lord bottles up our tears. And I firmly believe, <coughs> excuse me, that the Lord bottles up those tears and he uses them to water our harvest. Those moments where we think that our tears can't be repurposed for good. He goes, but wait, just wait, I'm going to reuse this all that pain, all that trial and tribulation, all the affliction, I'm going to use it for my good, not your good, my good, because my good creates revival and movements within the body and just a light pointing back to the one who matters, which is our heavenly father. <clears throat> and so I think in your grief, whatever you're dealing with right now, I want to just encourage you to stay encouraged. Um, I remember being so mad after my grandma passed away four and a half years ago. I remember being so angry when someone told me to stay encouraged. 
it was almost like this moment of how dare you tell me to be encouraged when I just lost someone so special in my life. And my grandmother had passed away in 2017 and because I was out of college and just, you know, numerous different reasons, um, which that just sounds like an excuse, but numerous excuses, you know, she and I had not stayed close while I was in college and <coughs> gosh, excuse me, I guess I haven't talked this long for a while. Um, numerous different reasons, but she and I had a season of, of a lot of closeness and, and conversations that a lot of people didn't get to witness. And those were really special to me. And so when she died, um, I remember just thinking like, how would anyone say to me, stay encouraged until I was deep in the grief process about 10 months later and really felt like I'd hit rock bottom in a way of, I was so depleted physically, emotionally, uh, spiritually. I was just like, God, what are you trying to teach me in this? And the crazy part about my grief with my grandma is I had prayed for her um, early February, right before Valentine's day. I'd said, Lord, you know, if it's her time and your will, like, would you take her up to meet you? Uh, let her join in on eternity. And four days later, I got a call. I'll never forget it. I was in the library at school and my parents called me and, and they wanted to tell me that they were putting my grandmother on hospice. And I remember being just shocked of like, Lord, I prayed to you, but I didn't, I didn't want an answer that quickly. And she lasted about six weeks on hospice. And I remember just the grief of her passing, I just couldn't get over for, you know, 10 months and I'm, I'm not fully over it now, but the, the weight of my grief, um, I've given over to the Lord to just pursue his comfort in that. But for those 10 months, it was hard. It was wrestling with this weird feeling of, I think, maybe it was anger, maybe it was just confusion of, oh my gosh, the Lord answers my prayers, but wanting to control the timing of it and realizing how um, controlling that is to try and control God is also just laughable. Um, but realizing like the Lord honors my prayers and it was his time and will to bring Nani to heaven, to reunite um, with my papo and, and with heaven and, and heavenly father. And so I think I really wrestled with the power of my prayers, to be honest with you. It was this grief of, but I want her back just so I know she's going to be there to like witness my life happen and to be there in those pivotal moments. And here we go. I didn't think I would get choked up. Um, yeah, just want, really wanting her there for the things that matter to me for her to see. And I think that, wow, you always think, like, don't cry, Stephanie, and then you do. Anyways, that's just the beauty of grief. It, you know, it's not, you know, unexpected to cry at, at different points, but okay, back on track. <laughs> Um, I think I was just so shocked. I was like, oh my gosh, the Lord answers my prayers and it was his will. So he answered it in his perfect timing, which was four days after I prayed it. 
um, and then six weeks later she passed. And so I think that's part of grief is like, I, I think I just had to wrestle with my control issues and wanting the best for my grandmother, but only as long as it kept me comfortable. Um, and I think that happens whether it's the anticipatory grief, um, you know, my grandmother who is alive still, she's been going through cancer for eight years and it's so hard to watch someone you love and who's in your corner suffer. Um, and really shifting the narrative of my, in my mind of I am fully allowed and human to grieve and to be angry or sad or confused, but also to let God in on that. Of Lord, I'm angry today. Lord, I'm sad today. Lord, I'm wrestling with confusion over death and loss. I'm having a hard time understanding it from maternity's perspective. And really sitting and wrestling that with that in an authentic way, like, please know, like, brother and sister in Christ, you are not alone. Like, if you're angry right now, go find someone to talk to. Talk to God. Talk to someone in your corner. Go find a mental health um, therapist or psychiatrist or anyone in your area to help find pastoral care. Um, just find people, surround yourself. Grief is so isolating at times. And, and I just want you to know, like, stay encouraged and be empowered that what you are feeling is okay. Because a lot of people are going to try and encourage you in the wrong way. And it's going to be really off-putting. But I want you to stand firm that the gospel is so true and inviting. And it's like, a blanket when you're freezing, like the Lord is just deeply desiring us in moments of grief and loss and insecurity and challenge. He's wanting us to just say, God, I need you. God, I want you in this. I need you in this. I can't get through this without you. And I think you'll be really surprised to just notice the ways in which being able to declare what God already knows will invite so much breakthrough and it's not most likely going to be immediate. But the Lord, when we invite him into our grief process, we can be thankful for our loved one's life. We can be thankful for previous seasons of who we were and our identities that helped us in that time, but aren't going to help us now in this one. Um, for example, on that one, you know, I used to be really independent and uh, self-sufficient and that served me for a season. And I've had to go through a grief process of that version of Stephanie was just trying to survive. But I want to thrive within a community of God and thrive in intimacy with my God and Jesus and Holy Spirit. I want to thrive. And so I had to break off that part of my identity that was no longer serving me and wasn't honoring to God. So there's another area of grief. And then you grieve when you lose a job or when there's a global pandemic or all the things that we didn't expect when we are co-laborers in grief with our friends who are going through loss. I mean, there's so many dimensions to grief. And that one person who told me, stay encouraged, that moment allowed me to be grateful now that it's been four and a half years to look back and be so grateful that the Lord answers me, that he gives me his beautiful answers to the things that I pray and petition for up to heaven. And so 
I'm going to share some scripture and then I'm, I'm going to um, just close this out in prayer, but I want you to know that whether you're encouraged or discouraged in this season, like the Lord has you. He is a God who keeps and sustains and preserves the life of his followers. Like you are his child, you are his beloved. And even in those moments where we're challenging and rebellion, uh, rebelling and out of alignment in our seasons of grief, like the Lord is so good to wait for us to look back at him, to look in front of us to him, to look to our side to him. The Lord is so desiring just to keep our gaze, to keep our gaze fixed on him because he is the author and perfecter of our faith, but he's also the one who knows how to clean up literally every mess. Um, And so I wanna share two different scriptures and Psalms and I'll pray us out. Um, But starting in Psalms 143, this um, is a Psalm of David, and it's really a cry for help from David. He says, Lord, hear my prayer. In your faithfulness, listen to my plea. And in your righteousness, answer me. Do not bring your servant into judgment, for no one alive is righteous in your sight. For the enemy has pursued me, crushing me to the ground, making me live in darkness like those long dead. My spirit is weak within me. My heart is overcome with dismay. I remember the days of old. I meditate on all you have done. I reflect on the work of your hands. I spread out my hands to you. I am like parched land before you. Answer me quickly, Lord, my spirit fails. Don't hide your face from me or I will be like those going down to the pit. Let me experience your faithfulness, your faithful love in the morning, for I trust in you. Reveal to me the way I should go before I appeal to, because I appeal to you. Rescue me from my enemies, Lord. I come to you for protection. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me on level ground. So that's verses one through 10. And I think it's just so beautiful. The Lord loves to hear us call out his name, to be familiar with his voice um, and how much of a gift it is to hear back from God when we are praying to him. Um, We do not serve a God with a deaf ear or a mute mouth. Um, So I want you to sit with that, that the Lord is so good to not only hear our petitions up to heaven, but to answer and respond to them, Um, especially the things that are making us feel um, just really withered away and weary and, uh, just cast down. Like he is so sufficient to find us in that place and to welcome us into his mercy and grace. And then Psalms 147, uh, says, hallelujah, how good it is to sing to our God for praise is pleasant and lovely. The Lord rebuilds Jerusalem. He gathers Israel's exiled people. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. He counts the number of the stars. He gives names to all of them. Our Lord is great, vast in power and understanding, and his understanding is infinite. The Lord helps the oppressed, but brings the wicked to the ground. And then to verse 11, the Lord values those who fear him those who put their hope in his faithful love. And then verse 14 says, he endows your territory with prosperity. So the Lord is so good to bind up 
um, it's just all of our wounds and he heals our hearts so that they can just be in his hands. Like the Lord is someone who holds your heart in his hands with such ownership and belonging. Um, and so I hope that these scriptures uh, were a piece of encouragement to you uh, in the season that you're walking through. Um, we've just passed the holiday season. For those of us who have lost loved ones, either you know, before or during the holiday season in this pandemic, whenever it was, it really doesn't matter. The holidays are hard. Holidays are marked by the gathering of family. And when we don't have that loved one at the table, it can sting. Um, here I go, about to cry again. Um, this year at Thanksgiving, um, I had a really hard time again uh, with her not being there and her not having a seat at the table. And so to just sit and wrestle with that of the Lord sees that he feels what I'm feeling and I get to just sit in the scripture um, in the New Testament. It talks about how we share in the affliction um, of Christ, but we also share in the comfort. Um, and so even though we endure long suffering, even though we experience grief, there is comfort in that. And it doesn't mean that we have to put a timeline on our grief. It doesn't mean we have to hold in our tears. Um, it means that we get to let God be invited into that process. We get to let him bottle up those tears and bring new life in seasons to come. And so I just want to pray us out. Um, I feel like this is an interesting one to start with because it's a sad topic, but these are the things that I believe glorify God is when we sit in the tension of hard conversations, of hard seasons, of just hard areas of development and the refinement process that we go through as believers. And part of the body of Christ is that we just sit in the hard moments because we know we have a faithful father who will provide comfort. And we have a Jesus who died on the cross so that we could have access to him and have access to that comfort. So let me pray us out and then we will see you next week for another episode. But Heavenly Father, God, I just thank you for, you know, <laughs> you, you pushed me to stop running, stop running from grief, stop running from hardship, stop running from um, confrontation in relationships and relationships and friendships and, and family and community. Um, so I just pray for the listener who's running. I pray that they settle in and sit down and are able to stop running from the things that um, bring glory to your name, that honor you, that bring the gospel to life. We pray that grief is something we would sit with, um, that we would also just extend an invitation to you, God, uh, to sit with us, to sit in the mess of the grief process, whatever it looks like, whatever it's about, you are so um, just strong in your affection and adoration for us. You would do anything for us, God. You are the one who heals the brokenhearted and binds up our wounds. And we thank you for that. Um, Father, I just pray for the listeners who are going through grief, who um, are experiencing loss and insecurity and challenges in their life, Lord, would you just uh, 
be so good to just tend to them in this season, Lord. We need you every single day and every moment. Uh, Holy Spirit, would you just captivate us by how deeply you care for us. So I pray for everyone in this season. I pray that we wouldn't run from the feelings of grief, but would just sit with them. Just as we're sitting down, having these conversations that we aim to please you with, Lord, we just pray that we would sit down and wrestle. Um, sometimes just sit and be still. Uh, Exodus 14, 14 says, the Lord will fight for you and you have only to be still. Which for our human capacity is super hard. We have a propensity to just want to fight back. But Lord, that's your job and we give it to you. We give you authority. We give you honor. We give you praise. You are so powerful and good. And your grace is sufficient and it falls on us. And it's incredible. So Father, I just pray for healing. I pray for breakthrough. I pray for restoration. Uh, we know that you are so good to honor us as we honor you. So I lift up these prayers, Lord, would they be pleasing to your ears and edifying to the body. Pray that they would be a source of encouragement to our listeners in this episode, as well as those to come, Lord God. We pray that this platform would just be um, a building of disciples near and far nationally and internationally, Lord. We seek to uh, just expand the territory of heaven and subdue the earth. Uh, so I pray all these things and I lift them up in Jesus name. Amen. All right, y'all, we will see you next week for our episode on integrity.